Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Welcome along, everyone, to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Patrick Smith, and you join me shortly after Liverpool were held to a goalless draw by Chelsea at Anfield in a match that had its moments, but was largely frustrating and disappointing for the Reds. There are many positives to take, such as a clean sheet, but also some negatives to counteract those that I'm sure our guests on today's pod will cover. Up first is the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorsh from Anfield with his verdict, before Jürgen Klopp's press conference, and then the view from the cop returns with our fan reactions. Game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool have moved up to eight in the Premier League after a goalless draw here against Chelsea at Anfield, but the real story is that the top four hopes have taken yet another dent with the failure to uh, take away maximum points here as uh, Anfield hosted its first Premier League game of the calendar year. Um, they've moved up to eighth, they remain nine points off fourth. Uh, Newcastle United, of course, have got that spot at the moment. And at the moment, you'd have to say that Liverpool are really struggling to put together any sort of run that would indicate that they are capable of hauling back Newcastle in the second half of this season. Um, Chelsea are not in great form themselves, they're still down in tenth. And in truth, it was a game that um, showed exactly why both of these sides have had a difficult season and why they are middling somewhere around the middle of the Premier League table at the moment. Uh, not too many chances for either team. Um, after making eight changes for Tuesday's 1-0 win against Wolves in the FA Cup, many expected Klopp to uh, ring them once again, but he only made three in total as Andy Robertson returned, Alisson Becker kept goal and Mohamed Salah was stationed out on the right of the front three. It was a bit of a, perhaps a message to the likes of Jordan Henderson and Fabinho and um, Joel Matip and maybe even Trent Alexander-Arnold for uh, despite you know he, he missed out with a, what's been described as a minor injury but uh, he was still fit enough to play around about 20 minutes or so but maybe it was a message for Klopp who was on the performance stars that um, uh, place in this Liverpool team is not guaranteed um, it was the first half for Naby Keita since May in the Premier League and a um, start for 18-year-old Stefan Bacetic but perhaps that alone sums up where Liverpool's problems lie at the moment the fact that Jürgen Klopp would like a new midfielder in all probability. Uh, he hasn't explicitly stated as much, but you'd imagine that the Reds boss would like more additions to the squad before the end of the transfer window, but he's having to deal with young lads from the academy ranks who uh, have only played a handful of senior games. Uh, Bajetic was signed two years ago from Celtic Eagle for uh, £200,000, and it was notable to look at Chelsea's recent additions with Benoit Badia Shile and Mark Kukurea and uh, Mikhail Mudrick off the bench and Carney Chukwemeka. Uh, players who have cost their club a lot of money in Liverpool continue to um, perhaps hold the pair strings quite tightly. It's something that's uh, held Liverpool back, uh, particularly this season, you have to say, but um, the players the club has had at his disposal this season haven't really delivered on that front either. Uh, not too many chances to write home about Cody Gakpo in his fourth Liverpool appearance continues to really await uh, his big moments. He fired a couple over the, the crossbar and forced Kepa Rizabalaga into a decent save in the second half, but generally the 
Deadlands Internationals enjoyed a fairly quiet start to life on Merseyside, still people to take flight as we say. Um, Harvey Elliott started on the left of the front three and didn't really look too comfortable. He's probably best on the right, you have to say, and he moved into midfield in the second half as Darwin Nunes came back. He came off and navigated and Liverpool had a bit more of a threat but still lacking a killer instinct in the final third and Chelsea were uh, comfortable and never really untroubled and probably deserving of the uh, point that they walked away with. So it's finished there at Anfield. Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, good afternoon. I guess we're all hoping for a, a classic to mark your 1,000th game, but it just never seemed to happen more. What are the emotions after a game like that? Um, as first and foremost, before the game, I, I, I got a lot of messages, and not all of them were nice. It means <laughs> I think um, Arsene Wenger lost his 1000th game, 6-0. So I'm really happy that that didn't happen. Um, and I like the, the start in the first half. I like particularly the start in the second half. So that was good. We have to extend these spells. Um, we have to play more football, in, especially in the first half when we won balls back, um, when we defended really well, when we were really aggressive. Then we gave the balls easy away, but had other moments where we where we played pretty well. Didn't get it to the to the um, to create a real like a no-brainer or whatever, but um, was was good. And for me, it's clear in that situation you have really to be ready for little steps, and this was a little step today. That's how it is. We cannot expect now every every week. Um, I expect progress, and I think it's, uh, from, from the, the last league game it was progress, definitely, um, and um, that's important. Saw us in a lot of moments really compact, really being together, good challenges, um, and but because the, the opponent is there as well, sometimes you have to def- defend them with passion, and um, we didn't do that two weeks ago, but today we did. So when you have a block in the last second, like Robo had or whoever had the other one. Um, that's that's really important, and so these things are positives, and from there we go. It might leave you even further behind the, the top four when we come to the end of the weekend. Do you just have to accept that and just keep keep pushing on in the hope of getting better? Yeah, the, the distance we, we we only can influence by by winning. So and we didn't do that today. So they cannot all lose. Now um, some of them will win, some of them will draw. But yeah. Um, yeah, there are a lot of games to play. Yeah? There's still a lot of games to play, um, and if you count all the points, then you see that there's a lot of things are possible. But for, to get there, we have to we have to um, continue with the things again we we, we, we did now. And uh, for the last two games, I, I saw progress, and that's good. And that's what we have to to keep doing. Johnny, <coughs> you mentioned um, extending the good spells. Oh, that's oops. That's um, in 
in possession than we have. So we were compact. We won really good balls. We caused them problems, and um, from there, then we, we 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 have to do better with the ball, um, and that's possible. But I was already it was already better than so the last game was fine in, in that department. But then the, the last league game, um, that we really keep the balls in there and 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 play from there. It's like we passed. Even Thiago, who is obviously a great footballer, gave balls away, unforced errors, these kind of things. That's what we have to do better. And um, if we do that, if we defend well and play then in these moments more, use each other more, um, all of a sudden it looks completely different. But that, that's where we have to get to. Rob? There are not a lot of good things in the situation we are in, but that's obviously that it opens doors and, and, and gaps and, and situations for, for, for young players is obviously one of the, the rare positive things, and especially Stefan. Um, uh, we, we, there was a door. I'm not even sure it was open, but he ran just through it, um, and he was—he's um, exceptional. He did he does really well in the moment. I think that's clear. We have to be a bit careful with him, of course. He's really young. Uh, we had a, a yellow card. I don't even know it was his fault, to be 100% honest. But he got a yellow card, so of course he got tired, but was still really good in the game. But each player, when he has, uh, when he gets tired and is on a yellow card, is a risk, and we didn't want to take that. Um, but no, he's he's really he's doing really well. Um, did you mention Harvey as well? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Okay, Harvey played already the year before for us, or, and, and I don't know how long. He's already really a fixed part of this of the. Um, of the squad, so would say it's slightly different. Even when he's really young, but he had already a, a really a lot of good games, and he can play different positions. And in our situation, that's really important. Obviously, we, we we lack a little bit proper wingers, if you want, because they are all not available. But Harvey can play there in a different way. Yes, but he can play there. He can probably play more position if he plays on the right side. But um, there's more, and so that goes well. So no, that, that that's these are positives. But they are not the only positives. But of course, they're easy to to see. And all the others, maybe you have to to look a bit, to try a bit harder to find them. But um, they're still there. Sam, both teams are not where we expect to see them in mid-table. Is this is this something we have to accept as the Premier League becomes ever more competitive and smaller clubs get better at? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Smaller clubs, whatever that means. Um, yeah. There, there, there are a lot of good teams. It's the strongest league in the world. So I don't think anybody um, would would um, argue that. Um, yeah. But the situation of Chelsea. And okay, I have no clue actually about the situation of Chelsea. To be honest, but um, we we that we don't do as good as we could has nothing to do with the quality of other teams. To be honest. So um, it's um, it's it's self-made. Not everything our fault, but still um, self-made, and um, that's um, why we are where we are. But th that's how it is, and we have to, we have to go from here, and we have to improve, and we have to be. For us, it's okay. So usually, a point against Chelsea is is not bad. It's not a bad result. But I sit here and I, I feel a little bit that I have to say, okay, it's okay. Though so because you also think. Um, eh? How can you not win against them? So uh, they will win a lot of games, I can promise you. And today they didn't, so that's good. Um, but of course, first and foremost, I'm concerned about our stuff. And we, we, we I saw good signs, but I know 
we have to do the good things um, even better and longer and in the idle world for the full 95 or meanwhile 100 minutes probably um, and that's then we then we are there and we we, we we will we will go in that direction I'm sure last one Joe Benson you're your first clean sheet in nine Premier League games, your second clean sheet in a row. Is, it, is this important psychologically when the guys... Know massive, massive, yeah. So directly after the game you can't forget the chances they had where we defended in the last second with a block, but um, tomorrow I don't, rem I don't will not remember them anymore, then it's just a clean sheet and it feels really good. So how I said, there are things we have to build on, that's what we will do. So the next opponent now obviously is not, is not Premier League, but is... Um, um, FA Cup and it's Brighton. That's a, a team we we didn't do too well in the last game. Um, so we we said we should try to do better, and that's what we will try. And um, will be interesting. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's nil-nil draw with Chelsea at Anfield. Baby steps, I suppose, in terms of the performance, uh, because it wasn't bad against a side who we expected to be good at the beginning of this year, but it turns out they're actually slightly worse than we are if you look at the table and nothing else. Although on the day, you could make the case for saying that they were the stronger team, but if they were, they only shaded it. I think we had plenty of good chances and uh, chances are, or were very much, you know, something for us to, to look at carefully for Liverpool today. If you, if you look at the starting lineup and the selection, not so much the selection, but the way the selection was applied in terms of those who are most likely to get those goal scoring chances. When I saw that the front three were Salah, Gakpo, and Harvey Elliott. I um, looked at the way Premier League productions set out that front three. And just a, a quick aside for those of you who are unsure, many countries outside of the UK um, see their games televised by Premier League productions. Tonight, for example, they had Sean Wright Phillips and Michael Owen in studio. And of course, they set out what they expect the formation to be given the 11 players on the field. And they had Salah on the right, Gakpo in the middle, Elliot on the left and I heavily criticised them <laughs> to anybody who would listen in my house because they often get it wrong but lo and behold that's exactly what they came out with and I thought that was a little bit strange I expected Elliot to be on the right which is where we see him most of the time but pushing him forward really is his most natural position and I thought he'd really be at home there Salah in the middle which you'd imagine he would relish and Gakpo on the left which although he can play down the middle we we are all hearing that Gakpo is probably most comfortable on the left hand side but that's not what Jürgen went with and to be fair I, I think that um you know Elliot who was the most out of position of the three probably had the stronger game uh, of the three and then when Nunez came on I was I was really expecting him to slot into that central position and Gakpo to go on the left but that didn't seem to happen either 
and yet you know uh, Jurgen's decisions seem to if not pay dividends at least show some some logic because I thought Nunez had a super game when he when he came on um just to revert to, to Gakpo first of all you know I've been I've been critical of Nunez in the last moment his finishing and his decision making but had he been the man to smash the ball over the bar from a fairly good chance in the sixth minute and then a fairly open chance, albeit from further out in the 20th minute, I would have been quite critical. But it was Gakpo who, who had those chances and, and it was Gakpo who smashed them both over the bar. He had a couple of other chances uh, later on in the game, but I think a fairly low XG for those two. I'm sure it'll come from Gakpo, but disappointing to see him really um, let fly without too much control. Uh, and very little in the way of a cool head for those chances when, as it turned out, you know, such chances would be few and far between. We could have done with a a better finish from him. When Nunez came on, as I said, I thought he was super, a really lovely link-up with Cody Gakpo early on after his introduction. Um, Really good, firm strike straight at the keeper, but... by the time he got hold of it with his left foot, he'd been pushed wide and I think he did the best he could. I think this was probably, strange as it may seem, the best or the most comforting performance I've seen from Nunez in a Liverpool shirt because I think it was all about him getting the ball and making the right decision or making the best of what he could with the opportunity presented to him. Um, my criticism of him is that he he gets a little bit too excited um, and his end product is therefore often disappointing. Uh, but I don't think that was the case here. And I, I really look forward to his next start because if he plays as well over 90 minutes as he played in the introduction that he had today, then I think there's good things to come and pretty soon. So I look forward to that. And, and it needs to happen because... Mo Salah, his timing seemed a little bit off, didn't it, today? Uh, he saw plenty of the ball, but I really don't think he was able to do a great deal with it. Um, Thiago looked good today, impressive, but again, it didn't amount to anything. Sweeping the ball um, from one side of the field to the other and uh, you know, looking so cool, playing the ball with the outside of his foot, etc., etc. But again, we need, we need productivity from all of that. Um, big disappointment. When Trent got that ball in acres of space and decided to lash out first time when I think he really could have taken a touch and um, inevitably had he done that he would have found himself with a little bit less space than he had but there was still plenty of grass to play with there around him and uh, yeah, I wish he'd, I wish he'd showed a little bit more of a, a cool head and I think that's what Liverpool were lacking today. We had enough chances and let's face it, it would only have taken one goal for us to have grabbed the three points. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Hello, Alex Watts. And two clean sheets in a row. That's a positive, right? Um, about all I can muster after that. Uh, Nil-nil. Not quite what we were hoping for today, but it's definitely better than we've been enduring at times recently. Um Certainly not a thrilling watch, this one. 
Um, I always say Liverpool versus Chelsea, always a big day in my household, being married to a Chelsea supporter. A big game for both sides in a different way than usual as well because of the dodgy form of both sides. Ninth and tenth in the table at the start of the day. But yeah, big question for me and I think a lot of people going in was whether Klopp would make the big decisions today, have the bottle to really back by Chetic, Cater. After the FA Cup performance versus Wolves midweek, you know, it was a big decision and he made it. It felt like the right one because the other midfielders just haven't done enough in the last few games to keep their places. And this has to be a meritocracy. You know, the big problem this season and particularly since the World Cup has been the midfield. You know, it's not working like it used to. It's not compact enough. It's not protecting the back line. And it feels like there's such a gap there that it's constantly exposing us and... I love Jordan Henderson. I think people know that. And Fabinho's obviously been tremendous for us historically, but it feels like the relentlessness of the last few seasons, especially last season where we obviously played every available game with all the cup runs, it's really caught up with some of these players. And Klopp can't be stubborn. He can't be nostalgic or emotional just because these guys have helped him and the team achieve so much. He's got to look forward. And I'm glad that's what he did today. And... I do think the likes of Hendo can still do it in this team. We saw what he did for England during the World Cup, but he needs fresher legs around him because he can't be expected to be everywhere and do all the running he could in previous years. And there's also the option that Klopp used around the 80-minute mark to then completely change it. You know, Hendo, Fabinho, Curtis Jones came on, completely changed the midfield dynamic with a completely fresh trio, which was nice. And I do wonder if we'll see more of a combo of the two midfields that we saw today going forward. Um, Bajcetic in particular needs to be getting more game time now based on these last two performances from him. But anyway, I've prattled on about the midfield for long enough there. I should probably mention the game itself as well. Um, fortunately, the early Chelsea goal was obviously ruled out um, correctly for offside. Liverpool's line working again there, but it was a very close call. And yeah, overall, the first half performance in particular was lacking. There were a couple of positives going forward, but worries again at the back. The defending on set pieces especially is all over the place at the moment. And if that's the case, you've also got to question why we keep giving away silly free kicks and corners in these positions, because... The organisation and the leadership at the back just isn't there on those set pieces at the moment, which you can definitely link to Van Dijk being out. But there are still other experienced heads in there, you know, Milner, Robbo, Allison. So that should be should be a lot better. And then first half, at times we look good going forwards, but my God, the quality was lacking. The lack of goals in this team at the moment is such a worry. And at times this really did look like what it was, a mid-table clash. You know, the football was not the high-quality fare that both clubs' supporters have become accustomed to. And I was glad to see the lads come out in the second half looking like a fire had been lit under them by Klopp at half-time. We were pinning Chelsea back, the tempo was better, the, we were moving the ball quicker, and we started to control the game more and keep Chelsea back in their defensive third. But again, we couldn't maintain it. You know, we lost the control quite a bit when Mudrick came on versus Milner down that side, which I was concerned because it pinned him back, limited us again. Chelsea were always looking for that ball to Mudrick at the back post, so I wasn't surprised to see Trent come on to combat that and so he could take him on pace for pace. 
Um, and then the complete midfield switch as well, like I said. And yeah, the finishing from us is, was definitely lacking. Uh, Gakpo's still finding his feet. Mo Salah, I don't know what's happened. He doesn't look like the same guy. I was glad to see the king of chaos himself, Darwin Nunes, come on in the second half, but just couldn't make the difference in the end. We just couldn't get the ball to him enough in that last half hour. And yeah, it was just frustrating. You could see that boiling over at the end. You know, the officials were consistently getting the decisions wrong today. So I got why that was happening. So many free kicks, throw-ins, corners that we just weren't getting when we should have. And when you're not playing well, you need them to go in your favour. But we've got to start making our own luck and creating more chances, finishing more chances. Or this is going to be a worrying end to the season, you know. You kind of hope that the clean sheet, the positive moments we did see in the game will be something to build on now, but it still felt so flat overall. And we're probably going to be looking at a 12-point gap from us to top four by the end of today. And on performances like these, it's tough to see how we close that gap on teams like Newcastle and Manchester United without some action in the transfer window. So I really hope that the club realise that moves need to be made there. So... Fingers crossed on that one. Let's hope that the performance against Brighton in the FA Cup next up is better than the last game against them. Um, cheers. Up the Reds. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. And what a load of tosh that was. What quintessential mid-table drudgery. Duller than the blade of my auntie's steak knife. Five shots on target, all match from both teams combined. If I could reverse time and find something better to watch, I might choose to spend 95 minutes or so staring at a grey and featureless concrete wall. Apart from the end of the first half and the beginning of the second, Liverpool looked as off the pace as a turtle on antihistamines. Thiago Silva could have played with a broom and a luminous jacket on, as average move after average move were swept up and binned by the bored garbage men in that Chelsea defence. Pass me a woodbine, Trevor. This could be a long shift. Going the other way, we dealt with them fairly well, but like Chelsea, our defenders didn't have to try all that much. There were a couple of slightly scary moments involving the debutante Mudrick, but apart from that, this was a stroll in the park. The only thing that got me ever so slightly ruffled was following Nabby Lad's withdrawal when Harvey Elliott was again asked to play out, out of position in midfield. Why does Klopp insist on this when it instantly and obviously makes our lifeboat leakier? Perhaps Jürgen was bored too and just wanted to see some action. No damage was done ultimately, so what do I know anyway? Going forward we had and blew the odd half chance, but through a mistake or a moment of high-class footy, uh, no one was able to break the resolute tedium of the day. Perhaps an early kickoff was to blame. I don't know, and I don't really care to even think about this game for another nanosecond. We're lost and cut adrift in the Premier League anyway, as we have been for a long time. 
So this is Owen from Copon Podcast going to look for that concrete wall. Ultimately, a disappointing scoreline for Liverpool at home to Chelsea, which really does nothing in terms of trying to enhance any hopes they have of finishing in the top four this season, which by every passing week seems to look more remote. And before the game, I was I was really interested because Klopp was on the television talking, basically just mirroring exactly what I'd said over the last couple of weeks in terms of Liverpool's problems being not an, an, an individualistic issue, especially within Liverpool's midfield. He mentioned that, you know, Keita, Thiago, for example, and he also would have, I presume, filtered Fabinho into that. As players who are not known for the physicality, not known for covering ground, and, and he cited the problems as being tactical, the distances of the team, exactly what I've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. And also, he also stated about the other aspect that I touched on, that when Liverpool had had the ball, that was as big, if not more, of a problem because they were seeding possession too easily. And with players then expanding on the pitch, it left them in really vulnerable states. So I was really intrigued that sort of what I was seeing with my own eyes was sort of backed up by the, the manager. And obviously they went into the game against Wolves in the in the FA Cup in midweek and it wasn't a great Liverpool performance. But what Liverpool did do is they stopped the bleeding in terms of chances that had been created against them in previous weeks, being able it being so easy to play through be able to play through round over, whichever whichever way the opposition were were able to do so, they were able to hurt Liverpool. And it was it was evident in the way that Liverpool set up in that game against Wolves and against Chelsea today that they weren't applying pressure as high. And what they were doing was there was a, a conscious effort to stop the opposition trying to play through Liverpool's mid middle of the pitch. And so the the three players on the highest line would condense and be very narrow, not leave any spaces in which to, to play through balls or advance up the pitch from them deeper areas for Chelsea. And throughout the game, Liverpool were more secure in their their defensive work. The units were much tighter. And so from that point of view, there's obviously been progress over the last two games. And again, you don't have to be the greatest physical players or have the greatest athletic ability to be able to pressurise in smaller areas, smaller distances, and again, if you are more compact and organised as a team, that allows the likes of Thiago, Fabinho, Keita, all these players who are not great athletes to be able to manage them spaces and manage them distances much better. And obviously, that was the case with Liverpool. However, one thing you would say is you have to find the right balance between being able to do that, but also being able to create enough yourself in the attack and third, and be able to have as much territory as you would normally like to be able to have possession in the opposition half and ultimately wear the opposition down to create numerous chances. And I don't think in the two games, as much as Liverpool have defended a lot better, that Liverpool have been able to strike that right balance, really. They looked for large periods of this game, nearly all of it really, pretty toothless. And it was the same against Wolves when you actually look at the numbers in terms of chances created. And so that'll be if Liverpool have enhanced or improved their ability without the ball. Now it's about trying to improve their ability with the ball. And what it actually played out was 
it looked like two middle-of-the-road Premier League teams, which the table suggests it is at this moment in time. Liverpool, again, struggled to, to build up a lot of the time within the game. I thought they struggled to, to be able to make passing angles to enter Chelsea's final third and get in really good areas, you know, create isolation moments or chances inside the penalty area or overloads on one side of the pitch. It was a real struggle for Liverpool. It's been a feature for Liverpool this season. I mean, I've talked about how they've given the ball away so much when they've been in possession, which has created their own problems. But also, they've actually, in terms of with the ball in deeper areas, really struggled just to to create inroads into the opposition half. You know, when you think of Liverpool at the best, you think of them having so much possession in their defensive third, being able to build up, circulate the ball, recycle it if needed, switches a play from Van Dijk to Salah. And that just hasn't happened. Liverpool have been placed under more pressure by the opposition who obviously feel there's an inferiority, a lack of confidence in Liverpool in that area. And Liverpool have quite often then seeded the ball and the opposition then have the opportunity to win it back. And it's shown by the possession stats, really, because again today, and even with Wolves, in which Liverpool had less possession last week, Liverpool are no longer a dominant side within 90 minutes of the game in in a lot of the fixtures that they play. And, And it shows you the level of problems Liverpool have had. Again, people have touched on without the ball, but I'm talking about with the ball, which is equally as pressing. And when you looked at Liverpool in the final third today. I mean, one of the things with Klopp is he's been an absolute elite manager, a, a coach and attacking combinations in the final third, you know, pre-rehearsed, coordinated patterns with Manny, Salah, Firmino, whose movements were opposite. Firmino would drop in, obviously the, the two wider players would go higher. And that was Liverpool for so long. But you actually look at Liverpool at this moment in time and it's really difficult to see well, you're not going to have the same patterns, but see what kind of different patterns because of the different profiles of players they've got now playing in certain areas that they're able to execute in that final third. So one thing I was really surprised about today when I seen the lineup, I, I thought it was set in stone. It was going to be Harvey Elliott off the right-hand side, Salah down the middle of the pitch and Gakpo in what I read is his natural position of, of, of the left-hand side. Now, what we actually seen was Elliott on the left-hand side, Gakpo in the centre of the park and obviously Salah in his normal right-hand side position. Now, my theory is, well, maybe Klopp wanted to try and isolate Cucurella, who's had a real problem for for Chelsea at left-back and isn't the greatest 1v1 defender with Liverpool's best player, and I understand that. But the balance of the team for me was all out because when you are playing Elliot on that left-hand side, essentially Elliot's not got the, 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 the pace, the athleticism to run down the outside of the pitch which means that all the time he was forced to come back because he, he can't naturally come inside on that right foot. Now, Elliot's, the best part of Elliot's game is he's a lovely, fantastic technical footballer who from the left-hand side will come inside with that left foot, look to combine or look to feed players from that area. And then obviously, if you had Salah running behind in that centre-forward position, that would have been a good avenue for me, where there's so many moves just looked lopsided, in my opinion, with Elliot being restricted because of his the unnaturalness to that that left-hand side position because he's not a player who's going to stretch him behind. And Salah, for example, has always excelled in a central role when he's played there. What's great about Salah is not only, you know, can he play it, his primary position is out wide, but in the central area, he's so good at backing into players. I've got great reception of the ball in crowded spaces. 
and obviously still offers you that threat to be able to combine short because he's very astute at keeping the ball, but also spinning behind. So for me, it didn't quite make sense, the balance of the team. And I felt it hindered Liverpool. And it also hindered the attacking combinations of play in the final third because Liverpool never play with a left-footed player on that left-hand side. And the fact that he has to then produce different movements and his, his first piece of control is different to what you would normally associate with the player from that area, that affects the players around and, and the combinations and the patterns that Liverpool have been used to and, again, make it more difficult. No, Liverpool are already finding it difficult because they've got different personnel in them areas. When you factor in different profiles in them areas, it didn't quite make sense to me. And obviously, Gakpo then playing in the central role, from what I understand, is a player who is much preferred to play off the left-hand side with pressure from one side rather than pressure from multiple sides in the centre of the pitch. So, yeah, and it, and that was sort of carried on when Darwin Nunes entered the frame and played off the left-hand side with Gakpo continuing down the middle of the pitch. Now, who am I to, you know, criticise or, or think that I've got a better opinion than Jürgen Klopp? Obviously, he's seen Gakpo in recent weeks and feels that he's better in his central role at this moment in time. But again, it just didn't quite make sense to me. But I think that's the next thing, really, for Liverpool. is finding that balance between attacking and defending with and without the ball. Because again, for me, as much as it was a, a more organised, controlled performance, if you like, disciplined, you weren't looking at a, a Liverpool team who were going to go anywhere in the league anytime soon. And I think when we look at Liverpool in the final third, like I've touched on, Darwin Nunes is a very different player to Firmino. He won't drop in. He'll play on the highest line as the central striker. And that changes the movement patterns of the other players in them roles. And I think Liverpool will have to still work on that. But what they need to do, and I know it's difficult at this moment in time without Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz, but they need to almost stick to a preferred three in them areas. You know, if you're going to play Gakpo off that left-hand side and you're going to play Nunes... In that central role, them opposite movements have got to change slightly from what Liverpool have been used to in the past. And that is maybe the rationale behind Gakpo, who's more accustomed to coming towards the ball and replicating their movements of Firmino than Darwin Nunes as to why he looked at that option when Nunes came off the bench. But they were the they, they were my takes from the game anyway today. I think it was an average game between, at the moment, two average sides. And Liverpool need to work on the balance between with and without the ball. Mike Holt with my review on Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil, in which was much of a muchness, really, it turned out to be. Not just result-wise, but performance-wise. Um, yeah, kind of what we expected, not what we'd hoped. Um, if you can summarise it in one sentence. It's just really flat. Um, I mean, the lack of quality from both teams is you know something to behold, really, in that, at the end of that game. I'm not going to use this half twelve kickoff um, excuse. Um, the boys should be up for it, given the performances they put in recently. Um, I was really happy with Klopp putting that same midfield out. Yeah, it wasn't you know pulling up trees like you'd want it to, but it was fine. You know, it, it's putting a better performance than what we've seen at Brighton, what we've seen at Forest. You know, all these other results that we've seen prior. So. Yeah, fine. I was happy that he did it. I was quite surprised he did it, to be honest. Um, defensively, we looked shaky, didn't we? We looked really shaky. How we've kept a clean sheet in that game is beyond me. <laughs> um, Joe Gomez, oh, my life. I want him to do really well. Like, he's a likeable footballer. You know, he's a likeable person, it seems like. But he's just so... He's so... Um, 
he's sketchy on the ball. He doesn't look he, he doesn't look confident ever. He, I've never seen him look confident in his defending. He, he he's not when you ask him to defend, he's not too bad. But you ask him to be like a ball player and centre half, play it out from the back, he can't do it. It's just almost like Dejan Lover in that respect. You ask him to defend, he can do it. Ask him to play out and be and be ambitious with the ball. Um, he, he hasn't got the capability to do it. It looks like he looks. He doesn't look confident to do it. Canati um, was good, um, especially in the second half. I thought it was really good. Um, Robertson looked back to his best. I know I've been very critical personally about Robertson, um, and he looked a lot better today. His distribution not quite there, but. Um, you couldn't fault anyone's attitude today, which is something that has been a big criticism of them recently. Um, I couldn't fault anyone's attitude, um, application. It was just lack of quality um, that wasn't quite there. Uh, Milner, yeah, fine, fine. Obviously, obviously gets booked when Mudrick comes on, uh, and then Trent comes in for him, which was sensible substitution. But yeah, fine. You got, you kind of got the performance that you'd expected. Allison, the best keeper in the world. Um, Gakpo's not really hit the ground running like you'd expect. You know, we signed someone like Luis Diaz last January, and he hits the ground running, and he almost not transforms the team, but he just gives that takes us to that extra level. Gakpo, I don't think he will do that. Did I expect him to do that? Not really, but I'm not too sure what to expect from Gakpo at the moment. Um, Salah, miles off it. You know, he's struggling to get in the game. When he does get the ball, he doesn't look he doesn't look like he's gonna he's gonna scare oppositions. He doesn't fill you with confidence that he's gonna beat a fullback and slip one in the bottom corner. Um he doesn't look like it himself, so you've got no confidence in him. That being said, I don't think we get the ball to him enough. I don't really understand the point in him signing a new contract if he's not our outlet and he's not getting the ball a lot more than he should be. Um Harvey Elliott, I think, struggled massively in the first half. On his left foot on that wing, I think he really struggled. Second half, he was a bit better. Um, and then it was nice actually to see Klopp make a lot of substitutions. Um, you know, he's he's been one for <laughs> moaning about wanting five subs. He gets it and then just rarely uses it. Um, but he sort of exposed his substitutions today, which was better. Um, it was nice to see Curtis Jones come on and he got stuck in. We just lack that, don't we? We massively lack... Um, I think he went he went into a challenge with Gallagher, didn't he? And it's just like those little things that'll just get the crowd going. You know, we don't see enough of it in, at the moment. Someone just coming on or being in that midfield and just a big tackle just to get the crowd going. We need something like that. Um, hopefully we get that in the next game. But yeah, like I say, nil-nil, not the end of the world. It's not, you know, what we wanted. It's kind of what we expected. Chelsea... Um, I think they will come good, to be fair, under Potter. I think once he's had time to work with, I was going to say that squad of players, it might be as well be a league of players. He's got that many. Um, once he's got time with that with that array of talent that he's got, I think they will come good. Um, but the focus is the next game for us, and we, we have to get back to winning ways ASAP. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.